Welcome to Chan's the Man Apologetics, a podcast for training followers of Christ to see reality through the lens of the biblical worldview. I'm your host, Chan Heron. Topics include Christian doctrine, apologetics, political issues, special guests, and of course, lots of fun. Let's get started. There have been many of those skeptics that have tried to explain away the resurrection by offering alternative theories. So let's talk about a few. The first one, which is probably the most popular today, is the hallucination theory. And this hypothesis says the disciples were so distraught that they were grieving. And after grieving, they experienced a grief hallucination, which they interpreted was actually Jesus, and therefore the resurrection legend was born. Now, when you look at that, that sounds plausible, but you have to take all the facts together. Now, here's the issue. If all we had was the appearance to Peter, then you might could make a pretty strong case for the hallucination theory because Peter was grieving. He he was very upset that he had denied Christ. But wait a minute. The hallucination theory does not explain the appearance to Paul. Paul was not grieving. Paul was not even a, a sympathetic to the Christian worldview. So there would be no need for him to experience a hallucination. James wasn't grieving. James was an unbeliever at Jesus' crucifixion. And yet later on, we find him become a convert. So he's not grieving. And the hallucination hypothesis would not explain the empty tomb because all they would have to do is they would go and roll the stone back and say, what are y'all talking about? These guys are not dealing with reality. But another major problem with the hallucination hypothesis is how do you deal with the appearances listed in the creed in 1 Corinthians 15? Because there are three individual appearances and three group appearances, and one group appearance to more than 500 followers of Christ at the same time. Now, here's what we know. When someone experiences a hallucination, it's a subjective experience. There may be people around that experience hallucinations at the same time, but they're not hallucinating the same thing. That is unreasonable. So when you put all of this together and look at the hypothesis, the hallucination hypothesis, it doesn't do a very good job of explaining the known facts in a way that doesn't leave holes and gaps. So most of the scholars today, the Christian scholars, can easily refute the hallucination hypothesis. One of my favorite objections to the resurrection would be the the wrong tomb theory. And what this does is it says that the women got confused and they went to the wrong tomb because back then tombs were just caves carved out the side of a mountain and they didn't have like stone markers like we do today. And so they went to a different tomb and saw that it was uh, empty. And then they came back and told the disciples and the next thing you know, uh, the resurrection legend was born. There are so many issues wrong with this. If this is true, you only have the fifth fact explained. It would explain the empty tomb. But the empty tomb by itself does not demonstrate the resurrection. 
the people that became followers of Christ and believed in the resurrection did, did not do so on just the empty tomb alone. It's the appearances. It would not have explained the appearances to the disciples. It would not have explained the conversion of Paul. It would not have explained the conversion of James. So, And plus, when you put all that together, women never get lost. It's the men that get lost. So women don't get lost. So the wrong tomb theory just does not hold a lot of water. You also have a theory known as the swoon theory. The swoon theory was really popular a few decades ago. Some refer to this as the apparent death theory. And the swoon theory basically demonstrates or tries to argue that Jesus passed out on the cross, that the guards did not completely kill him, and when he was laid in the tomb, the tomb wasn't airtight, and the cool, moist, damp air revived him, and he was able to get out, and then the resurrection legend was born. Now, this is a big one because it denies fact number one, that Jesus was crucified. It says he wasn't. I mean, he, he didn't die by crucifixion, but yet they're ignoring all the nine sources that we have about Jesus' death. The, the possibilities or the probability that the guards did not complete the job just seems highly unlikely given, given the fact that they had perfected this tactic of, of killing individuals with as much pain as possible. And even if that is true, even if it's true that Jesus was able to survive the crucifixion, he would have needed immediate medical attention because he would have been suffering from hypovolemic shock, which is uh, blood loss, blunt force trauma. Um, he would have needed uh, a, a, a lot of water. Uh, he had lots of wounds. He probably would be suffering from infections. And then they want us to believe that uh, in his in his state of being, his physical state, he was able to move the rock by himself and then crawl out and somehow convince the his disciples that he was the risen Savior. It just doesn't work. And so the, the swoon theory is not a very good uh, theory, to a very good hypothesis to explain. One more, the alien hypothesis. Jesus was an alien. I've heard someone argue that Jesus, in when he was talking to Pilate, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Well, what we need to ask is, what do you mean by alien? Do they mean that he was like the little green men from Mars? Or was he not of this world in the sense that he was not human or not just human? And I think we can look at it the second one, that his home was not here on earth. Okay, now... Even someone who supposes the alien theory is not denying resurrection. They're saying, yeah, we got all the facts. The alien theory explains them. They're just denying that God is the cause of the resurrection. The Christian says that God raised Jesus from the dead. The skeptic here says some alien life force or some alien raised Jesus from the dead. So we still got resurrection, even the alien hypothesis is correct. No matter what a person comes up with, when you compare what they try to posit and you look at how it explains the facts, if God exists, then miracles are possible. And it looks as though we have a historical documentation of a miracle, namely the resurrection of Jesus.
So what does all this mean? Let's just suppose that Jesus did rise from the dead. So what? What? How does that affect my life in the year 2023? That's a great question. The answer has profound implications. If this happened, that means that Christianity is true. And there's hope for mankind. It also answers the question of what happens after we die. That means that there is life after death. That means that the promises that Jesus gave and the teachings that he taught in the New Testament are true because his claims have been vindicated. His claims of being the only way to God, his claims of being the Messiah have all been vindicated. And everyone that disagrees with him is wrong. Those are the implications if this event actually happened. And because of his death, burial, and resurrection, I can participate in the resurrection. I, too, will be resurrected at the end of time. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, the very last few verses, and he will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. That means that Jesus's body, his resurrection body, is a prototype. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's a model of what our bodies will be like on the other side of eternity. And I can have hope that God has raised Jesus from the dead, therefore conquering evil. Everything that we know about Christianity revolves around this event. And that means that I can have eternal life as well. The resurrection is part of the gospel message because according to, again, the Apostle Paul in Romans, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Also think the resurrection can be a starting point to talk with others about the gospel. Since it's the central theme of Christianity, why not start there? Sometimes in my life, God has given me divine appointments. I'll never forget one time I was taking my kids to the bookstore, Barnes & Noble, one summer. They were little. And I just turned them loose in the store. They were going around looking at books, playing with the kids' toys in the kids' section. And I went over to the philosophy section. And I was just browsing around. I'd grab a book off the bookshelf, and I'd pull it out, and I'd thumb through it. And then I'd read a couple of lines or so, and then put it back in. And then I was looking for another book that may catch my eye. And all of a sudden, this gentleman uh, came in the same aisle that I was in and he was doing the same thing. He'd look at a book and then he would kind of pull it out and uh, browse through it and thumb through it and then he'd put it back. And we kind of made eye contact and kind of did the old nod, sup, nod. And then after about 30 seconds or so of silence, he looked over at me and said, I like Chinese philosophy. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I, I haven't studied much about Chinese philosophy. Then he said, well, Who's your favorite philosopher? And I couldn't believe it. There was the divine appointment. And I said, 
Jesus of Nazareth. And he looked at me with a stunned look like, you mean Jesus of the Bible? And I said, yes. Said, I never thought of him as a philosopher. And I said, I know most people don't, but he made some very outlandish claims. He claimed to be able to forgive sins. He claimed to be God in the flesh. And he claimed that he was going to be killed and then rise again. And those claims were vindicated by his resurrection. And for the next 30 minutes, this guy and I had this conversation in the philosophy section of Barnes & Noble about the resurrection. I found out his name was Tim. He was a truck driver from Indiana. He was just making his way through. He was in spiritual search mode. He told me he had read some of the Book of Mormon. He had looked at the Bible. He had also looked at the Quran. And so for the next 30 minutes right there in the aisle, I talked to him about uh, the Fab Five Facts to investigate the claims of Jesus of Nazareth. That if Jesus actually rose from the dead, then Christianity is true. And he said he would. I recommended a book, namely the one that I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, series on uh, the case for the resurrection of Jesus by Mike Lacona and Gary Habermas. And he said he would. He thanked me for the conversation. And then we parted ways. Now, I don't know what happened to Tim. I don't know if Tim became a follower of Christ. I don't know if Tim investigated the claims that I mentioned. All I know was that God gave me a divine appointment right there in the bookstore. And it reminded me of 1 Peter 3.15. Always be ready to give an answer to those that ask the hope that's in you. But do this with gentleness and respect. You see... We as followers of Christ don't necessarily have to go door to door. We just got to be on the lookout for people in spiritual search mode, as I believe this man was. And if you're looking for an opportunity to find those people, pray and ask God for guidance. Pray and ask God to put somebody in your life, in your path, that's in spiritual search mode. But get ready because he will do it. And I find that God does that a lot in my life. We just have to be ready. And so as we wrap up this series, I hope that you will think carefully about the resurrection of Jesus. Think about it from a historical standpoint. Think about it from a theological standpoint. And think about it from an eternal standpoint. That we can have confidence, historically speaking, theologically speaking and eternally speaking, that the claims made by Jesus of Nazareth are true. And God vindicated these claims by raising Jesus from the dead. Thank you for listening to Chan's The Man Apologetics, a podcast aimed at promoting the Christian worldview. If you enjoyed what you heard today, consider sharing with a friend. Until next time, I'm Chan Heron.